chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. I would like to get every person's attention tonight. I want to use a term that will be exciting to some of you. To others of you, it will be scary. Before I give you the term, though, I want you to promise yourself and me something. I want you to promise us something. I want you to promise that you'll hear me out. Okay? Don't turn me off. If you're excited, you might get the chance and be tempted to turn me off and and just think about where this could go. If you're scared, you might be tempted to turn me off and think about where it could go. So just hear me out, listen to what I, want to, what I have to say tonight. It's from the Bible, so it will be good, uh, good content anyway. However it's delivered might be a little shabby. But here it is. Ready for it? Here's the word. The title of my sermon tonight is this. The Progressive Church. The Progressive Church. Now, some of you, this may excite you. Some of you, this may scare you. If you're scared, you're thinking that perhaps we're going to take the church in a different direction that you just don't want it to go. For instance, you might be thinking something like this. We may be lowering our view of the Bible. This is what has been known as progressive church ideas. Lowering our view of the Bible. Feelings are emphasized over facts. It's a feel-good type of church. Essential Christian doctrines are open for reinterpretation. So things that we have had for years and known for years are now open to interpretation. You can reinterpret them however you want. Historic terms, again, redefined historic terms. And the heart of the gospel message shifts from sin and redemption to what we would call social justice. Okay, so if any of you are going, Ugh, probably that's why you're going, Ugh, might grate on you a little bit. Now, again, I asked you not to turn me off. Don't turn me off yet, okay? Stay with me. I, I, wanna, I want your attention, okay? If you are excited by this, progressive church, here's maybe what you're thinking, a deeper sense of community, okay? You might be thinking, oh, finally we get some authentic people. Okay, you might be thinking there's some out-of-the-box thinking going to happen. We're going to do things a lot differently. Perhaps you're thinking about diversity, different people, different things, different all kinds of diversity. And you might be thinking about giving instead of taking. We give back to our community, give out instead of everybody coming to us. And so those are some things that you might be excited about. Now, those have, that is what is typically been known as a progressive church. Every one of those things that I've mentioned. A progressive church, but I like to define my terms. So we're all on the same page. We talked a little bit about that at lunch today. How people can define terms differently. But I want you to see something, and this is from Webster's Dictionary. The progressive church. Look at what the word progressive means. It means moving forward. 
proceeding onward, advancing, increasing, or improving. Okay, so all of you who were like, oh, I don't want to be a progressive church. I don't want to have a rock band. I don't want to have, you know, fog, and I don't want to have disco lights and all of those things, and I don't want that. I don't want to be a progressive church. Now, can you stop and think? Do you, with this definition, think that Bible Baptist Church needs to be a progressive church? With this definition. Come on, give me something. A little head shake or something. Yes, 100%. Okay? And if you're excited about this, you're like, oh, you had me at progressive. Listen, here's the deal. A progressive church is a prevailing church. Jesus said, listen, this is my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Listen, a progressive, a moving church is a prevailing church. Listen, look at this definition. Our church needs to be moving forward. Always, constantly pressing forward. We need to be moving forward. Listen, our church needs to constantly be proceeding onward. We need to be moving forward. We need to be proceeding onward. We need to be constantly advancing. Listen, in military terms, if you're not advancing, you're maybe holding the line. But eventually, if you hold the line for long enough, you're going to be retreating. Okay, you need to be advancing. And that's what Christ's church needs to be doing. It needs to be advancing. Hear this, does our church need to be increasing? 100%. Absolutely. We need to be increasing numerically. We need to be increasing spiritually. We need to be growing. Listen, we need to be doing that. And listen, do we need to improve? Oh, there's all kinds of things we can improve on. Listen, myself, I need myself to improve on things. And every one of us ought to be looking at ourselves and saying, what can I improve on? But our church needs to be constantly improving We cannot hold on to the idea that in order to be right, we need to stay the same. Listen to that again. We cannot hold to the idea that in order to be right, we need to just stay the same. We need to get rid of that idea. We need to be progressive. We need to be moving forward. But at the same time, there are some things that should never change. Okay, so for all of you who are thinking, oh, no, he's going to change everything, and I'm really worried. Now, listen, there are things that will, should, excuse me, should never change. So listen, just because we need to be right, which is absolutely true, doesn't mean we have to stay the same. We need to be right. It's a little bit of a play on words, but pay attention. Don't lose me yet. The opposite is often that we throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Well, if this is wrong, then everything has to go. It all has to go. Listen, there are things that need to stay. We cannot throw the baby out with the bathwater. I hope you understand that the Bible has some things to say about being a progressive church. You say, oh, the Bible? Are you kidding me? The Bible's not progressive. The Bible's archaic. The Bible's not progressive. The Bible is old. No, the Bible has much to say about being a progressive church. Now remember, the book of Acts is a transitional book. 
transitioning from the Old Testament really into the New Testament, into the New Covenant. Things are happening in God's major grand scheme of his plan. God promised before the world began that salvation would come to the Gentiles, and that's beginning to happen. Listen, things are happening in the culture at this time. Things are happening culturally that are shifting, that just we don't really understand. They're Jewish Jews are under Roman rule. Things are happening. Things are beginning to settle in some ways. And listen, things at this time in the book of Acts are happening in the world. Great things are happening in the world. Missionaries are being sent out. Paul will see in the later, latter stages of the book of Acts, he goes out on his missionary journeys. Listen, things are changing in this book of Acts. But there are some things that need to change, or that don't need to change. There are some things that need to remain concrete no matter what changes. No matter what changes, but there are things that also need to change. So let's look at five principles. Five principles of becoming a progressive church. Five principles of becoming a progressive church. Let's look at Acts chapter 10. Read with me in verse 24. The Bible says, and the morrow, remember these people come to Peter and say we're sent from Cornelius, and the Bible says in verse 24, and on the morrow after they entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them and had called together his kinsmen and near friends. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter took him up, saying, Stand up, I myself also am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. And he said unto them, You know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore came I unto you without gainsaying, as soon as I was sent for, I asked therefore for what intent ye have sent for me. And Cornelius said, Four days ago I was fasting until this hour, and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius! Thy prayer is heard, and thine alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa, and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodged in the house of one Simon a tanner by the seaside, who, when he cometh, shall speak unto thee. Immediately therefore I sent to thee, and thou hast well done, but thou art come. Now therefore all are we all here present before God. To hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here tonight. Father, we're so thankful that you have given us this place to meet. That you have given us your church. Father, I pray that you would help us to continue to move forward. That we would continue to gain ground. That we would... Uh, uh, be, be all that you want us to be and Father that we would conquer through you and that we would be a prevailing church as you has, have so pointedly given to us thank you for dying on the cross for our sins thank you for the opportunity to serve you I pray that we would do it to the very best of our ability we pray all these things in Jesus name Amen now hear me out again please don't turn me off yet stay awake if you can 
progressive is moving forward, proceeding onward, advancing, increasing, and improving. Listen, at, up until this point, as we said a couple weeks ago, and as we said last week, the whole point of this story is for salvation to be given to the Gentiles. That's the whole point of the story. This is the key that is unlocked so that every Gentile can have, receive Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. That's progressive. That's moving forward. That's advancing. Listen, but God promised before the world began that that would happen. God told the disciples, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Hear this. God wants us to be doing something. God wants us to be advancing. God wants us to be moving forward. It's always been said, you're either moving forward or you're backsliding. And so if we're going to do what God has called us to do, folks, listen, we have to. We have to move forward. We have to move forward. I want to give you these five principles of becoming a progressive church. Five principles that we need to put in place in order to keep advancing. Number one, I want you to see simply Cornelius and Peter, their humility. Their humility. Notice with me in verse 25. The Bible says, and Peter and as Peter was coming in, notice Cornelius met him, watch, and fell down at his feet. You see the humility that Cornelius displays? Cornelius knows who Peter is. Cornelius sees him. Cornelius understands that this is a man of God and God has spoken to him. And so he falls down to worship him. Now, again, Cornelius was a, a centurion. Of the Italian band, he, was a, uh, uh, he had people literally serving him. I mean, he was somewhat of an upper echelon type of person. He was a good man. Somebody that probably was bowed down to, but he in humility relinquishes himself no matter what he had, no matter what uh, background he had, and he gives himself to Peter. But the interesting thing about this is what happens in verse 26, but Peter took him up saying, stand up. I myself also am a man. He says, oh, no, 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 I'm nothing special. I'm, I'm just simply a man. I'm just God's servant. I'm, I'm nothing special in and of myself. Please, 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 please stand up. Please stand up. You don't need to do that. You see, both of these men showed humility. And listen, we could spend a whole lot of time on this. We could spend a whole lot of time on their actions and, 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 and what it looks like and, and all of the benefits of their actions. But listen to this. In order to be progressive, we as individuals, every one of us need to be humble. We all need to be humble. Listen, if we're going to be moving forward, if we're going to be progressing and advancing, we need to be humble. Humble. Humble from Webster's Dictionary says this, near the ground. Near the ground, that's in the definition. Not high or lofty, not pretentious or magnificent, unpretending, unassuming. Unpretending, unassuming. Listen, these men, both of these men were not pretending that they were something. Oh, physically, on a human level, sure, they were something. I mean, Peter was, the, was an apostle. 
Humanly speaking, you don't get much better than that. I mean, he walked and talked and spoke with Christ. I mean, what a wonderful man. And Cornelius, man, uh, again, physically, one, a lieutenant or something in the army, something that was wonderful and, and looked up to and had men underneath him. Listen, both of these men didn't pretend that they were anything in God's sight. One bowed down and said, oh, I'm just a humble man. Thank you for coming. The other said, I am just a man myself. Let's go. Let's stand. They were humble. They didn't pretend that they were something else. Listen, we can often pretend that we are something, can't we? But no, it's just pretending. You can think you're something special. You can think you're uh, uh, something great and, and wonderful and God's gift to all mankind. But listen, all you are is a sinner saved by grace as we spoke about this morning. You see, if you think you are something, you're just pretending. You see, we think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think, the Bible says. We ought to think soberly. See, a humble person realizes that he or she is not important. I hope you all understand this, that God does not need you. But he wants you. I'm going to probably say that till I'm blue in the face. Listen, and as I stand here tonight, listen, I, I think that the Lord has given me something to give you. But listen, I don't need to be here. God can raise up any type of person, any person to fill this position. I am nothing. Paul said, without God, we are all nothing. If we are going to have a progressive church, we need humble people. Humble people. People that aren't trying to push their own agendas. People that aren't trying to accuse this person. People that aren't trying to hurt this person. We need humble people. We need people that will say, it doesn't matter what I want. Uh-oh. We need people that will say, it doesn't matter what I want. It matters what God wants. Listen, Peter was in a position where he said, no way, Lord. I'm not eating that. And after a little while, Peter goes, all right. Lord, it's not about what I want. It's about what you want. And we know Peter. Peter's pretty hard-headed. Jesus called him a rock for a reason. It was his head. And so it took him a little while. But listen, he humbled himself and became obedient just like Jesus we need people that will approach a problem with humility. Listen, every one of us has problems. Every one of us has quirks. Every one of us has things wrong with us. And I have opened myself up maybe a little bit too much to saying, listen, if you have a problem, will you come to me in humility and let's talk about this? Because I know that I'm not perfect. I hope you know that you're not perfect. The Bible says to take the beam out of your own eye before you try to take a mote out of somebody else's eye. That's, that's humility. We need people that will treat other people with humility. We need people that will get their eyes off of themselves and thinking, quit thinking that God owes them something. And start doing something that God wants them to do. Listen, again, you can look at Cornelius, you can look at Peter. You can look at both of them and say, God, 
I have done so much for you. I have given you my entire life. I've given you everything. Now, what are you going to do for me? Abraham said that. Hey, I've served you. Now, what are you going to do for me? You know what God said to him? Abraham, I am thy exceeding great reward. It's about me. It has nothing to do with you. It's all about me. God himself. So notice, first of all, their humility. Number two, I want you to see their concern for others. Their concern for others. If you'll notice with me in verse 24, the Bible says, And the morrow after they entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them, watch this, and had called together what? His kinsmen and near friends. Anybody close to him that he knew, his family members, his, his friends, his close friends, he brought them in. Look at verse 27, the Bible says, and as he talked with him, being, he being Peter and Cornelius, he went in and found what? Many that were come together. Listen, if we are going to be a progressive church, then we need to be, catch this, outwardly focused. Outwardly focused. Listen, God has given us the great commission, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel not to the people that sit in the pews, but to every creature. We need to be outwardly focused. Look at Cornelius said, man, Peter is coming. Hey, I want to get as many people as I can. I want to get my close friends. Listen, guys, there's somebody coming that's going to tell us about Christ. There's somebody coming that wants to give us something. Listen, we need to be outwardly focused. And a concern for others. Listen, if you don't have a concern for others, I have a concern for you. Because there are others out there, remember this morning, there are others out there that were like what we were. They, were, they are dead in their trespasses and sins. They are destined for hell. And only because of the grace of God do you sit where you sit. Only by the grace of God do you have a heavenly home. So do you have a concern for others? You see, it seems as if Cornelius was always looking to give somebody the good news. I don't know what he said. I don't know the method he used. I don't know the words that he started with. I don't know the conversation starter. I don't know how he kept them intrigued. Listen, there's all kinds of methods. There's all kinds of ways. But what is your attitude? Do you have a concern for other people? If we're going to be a progressive, abounding, moving forward church, then we must have an outward look. Look outward and see those people that are around us and have a concern for others. I want to move quickly. The third thing that I want you to see is an obedience to God. Always an obedience to God. Look at verse 28. The Bible said, and he said unto them, Ye know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company, or to come unto one of another nation. He says, listen, it's not even right, it's unlawful. It's against the law for me to be here right now. But... God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore, because of that, I came unto you without gainsaying. I just came. I didn't question. I just came. I didn't, I didn't uh, uh, get 
start thinking of how bad these other people are and how bad these Gentiles are. I just came. Listen, we can look across our city and we can go, oh man, these people are so bad. They're so bad. They're so wicked. They're so vile. They need so much help. Listen, we can spend all kinds of time doing that. Not gainsaying. He said, I just obeyed God. Go ye into all the world. Preach the gospel. They were obedient to God. But not only was Peter obedient to God, look at verse 33. Because of what happened to Cornelius, look at verse 33. It says, immediately therefore I sent to thee. When God told me, hey, send for Cornelius. Send for, or excuse me, send for Peter. Send for him. He's, he's staying at, at, in Joppa. You need to go. Send for him. Immediately. Listen, God's going to talk to you. God's going to speak to you. He's going to say things that, ah, uh, just not sure. Ah, uh, I mean, that goes against some things inside of me. Listen, if we're going to be a progressive church, hear me. Obedience to God must reign supreme. God must reign supreme. He must be number one. It must be obeying God. If these two men had not obeyed God, these two men would not be in this portion of Scripture. These two men would have missed out on what God wanted to do in their lives. Obedience to God. Again, I want to move quickly. Number four, they saw people or see people as God sees them. Look at verse 34. I love this. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth... I perceive that God, watch, is no respecter of persons. Perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Listen, it doesn't matter what you are. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what background. It doesn't matter if you've got tattoos. It doesn't matter if you're Muslim, Hindu. It doesn't matter. Listen, Christ died for all. Every person doesn't matter who you are or, or what you've done or what your past is like. Listen, we're going to have people that should be walking into this church building that don't belong here. We should be having that. Because Christ died for all, but the problem is this. We don't see people the way that God sees them. We see them how we want to see them. Again, I'm not saying that we have this necessarily direct problem in our church, but I know churches that I've been in, people walk into the back doors of the church and scowls come on the faces of the church people. What are they doing here? I've been in instances like that, and it's uncomfortable for the person because they don't even know what they're getting themselves into. Perhaps they've been thinking, man, if I ever darken the door of the church, I'll be struck by lightning. Maybe they're thinking that. And they darken the door and they're maybe timidly walking in and then somebody scowls at them. Listen, we need to see people as God sees them. You know how God sees them? He sees them in love. He gave his son for their soul. And he's got his other children mocking, making fun of. Or even looking down upon. Man. How privileged do we think we are? Peter easily could have been in this situation. <laughs> I am not going to a Gentile. 
I am not talking to that guy. Listen, I have no idea. All I know is that military men, you know what they get? They get tattoos. I don't know why that's the thing, but we're scared of people with tattoos, aren't we? Military man, I don't know what this guy did. I don't know where he was. I'm sure he was a rough, tough brute of a dude. He probably had a big old gnarly beard and a really cool pointed helmet. I mean, he was probably something to be messed with, yet it didn't matter what he looked like. Peter saw him as God saw him. Of a truth, I perceive that, listen, God is no respecter of persons. Christ died for all, and again, moving quickly, number five, I want you to see that Christ is at the center. These are things that can never change. These are things that as we progress or move forward that need to stay the same. Listen, hear me. Christ needs to be the center. Look at verse 37, and actually, you know what, for sake of time, we won't read all the way through it. But from verse 37 to verse 43, let's actually jump to verse 43. To give him give all the prophets witness that through his name, being Jesus', Jesus name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. And then you can see verse 44, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. Listen, you know what Peter did? He asked him a few questions, got in, sees all these people, and just starts giving them Christ. Giving them Christ. And you know what happens? Gentiles, for the first time, receive Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. Listen, Christ has to be the center. Christ died for all. We need to be, get our eyes off of ourselves. We need to look somewhere else. God's church must progress. It must. It must move forward. Now again, you're all, probably all wondering, what is he talking about? What's he going to do? What's he going to change? Listen, I don't care what we change. These things must be forefront. These things, the culture's going to change. Listen, white paint was probably of the devil 20 years ago. I don't know. There's so many things that change in the world. But listen, it doesn't matter. Christ doesn't change. This word doesn't change. But we need to keep these things in forefront. We need to keep these five things. We need to be humble. There are going to be some things that happen that you don't like. I'm all for you coming and saying, listen, I don't really like that in a humility. Let's talk about a humility. We need to have a concern for other people. We need to have an obedience to God. We need to see people as God sees them. And all importantly is that Christ needs to be at the center of it all. It has to be. Listen, this is a major change in the history of mankind. Acts chapter 10. It is probably the most transitional point after Christ's death. And you know what it did? It moved the church forward. It moved the church into being what God planned from the beginning of the world for it to be. God had a plan for the gospel. And listen, God has a plan for this church. The Bible Baptist Church. He's got a plan for it. Will we be 
allowing of him? Will we be uh, submissive to him to let him do with us as he sees fit? Well, Peter fought this. But in the end, God, whatever you will, knowing and fulfilling the plan of God, that's the hard part. And there's, there's times I just go, God, just show me what to do. I don't know. I want to do everything right. You just wonder. But listen, hear this. Don't allow your unbiblical bias to taint what God wants you to do. Don't allow your unbiblical bias to taint what God wants you to do. I believe we can turn the world upside down if we'll just surrender to him. The problem again is this. Most of the time we think, I am surrendered. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. So did Peter. But God obviously wanted to do something very specific with him. Will you open yourself up to doing whatever God asks you to do? Being humble, being outwardly focused, and making sure God is the center.